Multiple endings in video games? A classical community topic. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 161. 161. This week, we are going to be doing something a little different uh, than what we've been doing, where the last few uh, months, really, we've been kind of taking on a uh, free flow take on the episode where we don't really normally nail down a single topic rather than just going through and discussing things for as long as we feel um, the topic at hand deserves. Uh, What we're going to do to kind of break things up, because of course the downside of that is that you end up getting, when you have heavy news weeks that are just a very weird thing, you don't get as personal of conversations. Uh, So this week, one of our friends and patrons, Mr. Sean1Neo over on Twitter has messaged us uh, and said, uh, hey guys, isolation has got me thinking and I've got a few ideas you could use if you wish for either topic. Uh, conversation or community state question uh, and that is in regards to multiple endings is the one we're going to go with here so thank you Sean we'll get into that in a little while but we really appreciate when people in the community reach out uh, with things to talk about it lets us know it's something that clearly at least one of you is interested in hearing our thoughts about uh, but it also helps as a breakup so um, I don't know moving forward maybe it'd be interesting to have once per month a community offered topic yeah, just to kind of cool. shake things up so we will we'll talk about that and kind of see the best way to go about doing that but for the time being before we announce anything more if you ever have anything you'd love to hear us talk about just shoot it over to us on any of the social media or over on discord and we'd be happy to get to talking about it but let's get the show started off the right way Saul what have you been up to this week what have you been playing I've been playing hardly anything I had a I had a thought you know we have our own little friends group chat that we go on and I Saul was supposed to be getting on to Destiny. Yeah, I was supposed to be getting on to Destiny. And then kind of like I'm used communication with my wife in a way. Because I misheard of, are we doing anything on Saturday? Translated to, are you doing anything on Saturday? Or actually vice versa than that. So I was like, no. And I was like thinking like, oh no, that, that was that was asking if I had plans, which I did. So then uh, my birthday is Monday, the day this thing goes goes up. And so we did something for that. Instead. Make sure that everybody reaches out and says happy so birthday to Saul I'll after be you listen. A year prior to thirty, I'll be twenty nine. So, so fun. Yeah, big baby <clears throat> over here. But um, yeah, I haven't played. Like I, I kind of dilly dallied with Dark Souls Remastered a little bit, and then that's like I, I haven't really played anything else. Um, I though decided to take a vow that today we're not going grocery shopping or anything like that. We're not doing anything at all. Today, I'm going to sit down, throw on my headset, and dig into Greedfall. Mm. I have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a solid four hours. Yeah. I took tomorrow off, and originally we were going to go do something. <clears throat> and we still might tomorrow at some point, but um, I will at least be able to kind of stay up late tonight and play it. So I will probably have a good couple of hours of playtime in, and I'll judge if I'm going to keep playing the game or not. Yeah, because so, last time I think that we spoke about it, when you did reach in just a little bit, you never got off of the tutorial land. Yeah, correct? I never got off that tutorial land. Uh, one of the things that was very apparent was in this game that kind of bugs me is the way that when you when you have a, uh, a third-person game where the right analog stick controls the camera and your movement in a way. So, like, if you rotate your camera to the right, your character will then turn right kind of thing. Oh, like, yeah. Mo- mo- it's a very common thing, but sometimes games do it in such a weird way where the camera becomes... Uh, overly floaty or sensitive 
where like there's a dead zone that is kind of in ascending and descending so that whenever you spin it real quick you it, it, it's almost like there's a, a drift that you didn't intend for because it ramps up and then goes back down and so starting off there's a part in greedfall like where you just you just go down some stairs and you got a little arena and you fight the tutorial guy who kind of gives you your first combat basics i was trying to run down those stairs and i overshot the stairs in a way like i turned into them but then my character turned again into the railing because like i had held the right stick left too too much i don't remember that feeling from the game but i'll say this and i think it's one of the things i told you when we were discussing uh, out uh, at work when i came and was uh, out there with you one of the things that I think the game was was a very odd choice for the game, but you thankfully don't really have to think about it much after you do, is that the opening tutorial is like a Victorian London, so it's very tightly packed. There's tight alleyways, and it's a lot yeah. more claustrophobic design. And this may, I, I actually think it may have been on purpose because it's kind of like it gives you, the player, the same feeling that a normal person would have if you actually went from a cramped city that you had always known since you were born and went to this wide open island. It's like you get removed from the claustrophobic city feel and you move into something that is actually wide and kind of untamed. Yeah, um, and it kind of makes sense where you're not going to need that kind of precise yeah, camera yeah. angle. And movement. I do think that that's a thing is that later I, I don't remember that even at the beginning of the game besides one thing in particular, and it and it wasn't that, but it was just overall the camera. There's a section early in the game where you've got to go into an alleyway, and uh, when you go into the alleyway, you get ambushed from both sides of the alley. Somebody comes in from the other side, and you have two people there, and you have to fight all three of them. And the okay. problem I had, with, maybe you didn't have to do it, but I, I, I don't remember that, but I was doing it. Uh, and the combat, the camera was trying to swing a bunch of different ways. And since there's guns, you have to guard when people are shooting you. So it made the game feel really hard because the camera was keeping things out of my view because of how tight that location was. Again, that was like a really early, excuse me, a uh, really early thought. And thankfully, it was. It felt like that challenge through no reason other than poor game design but thankfully, that was an isolated incident. Never in that game again did I feel like I had a situation where the only reason something was challenging was because of the actual design of the game. Now, whether that's because I became more familiar with the controls and everything, or just because the camera happened to open up because you didn't have any more claustrophobic areas, yeah. it's hard to say, but it stopped being an issue for me right after that first initial thing. And, and I that's was really still on happy. a tutorial island? Yes. Okay. It's cool. So, so I really hope you enjoy it. I mean, yeah, you know, the, one the of my design of the games. game is really cool. I love some it. of the armor and stuff in that game looks really cool. Because like I was, I was looking at like reviews of the game and stuff like that uh, to kind of see. Because I know you spoke so highly of it, I was curious. I like seeing multiple people talk about a game, but at the same time, certain viewers like ACG and um, there's a couple more. If I remember ACG's review was actually really high towards the game. Correct. Uh, I didn't watch it all the way through the end. Okay. I was I was watching it just to see how he because he goes through like graphics and gameplay and stuff. But it's also one of those things that, like I want to kind of see like not in game but mid game areas, and mm-hmm. he'll show that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want it to get into potential in game areas. So you were just kind of doing a, a preliminary look at what he thought of certain sections. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of that way, I can kind of see there is a spot like where like you descend in like this cavern. That's like an like it, it's a it's a very 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 linear cabin but then at like at the very end of that cabin there's like these rune stones in a circle and then like there's big big rune stone with like grass and then there's light shine down I'm like that looks gorgeous yeah now the game is actually really pretty uh it introduces a lot of things that you know we always talk about double a games having a little bit more of uh the ability to go outside of what you'd expect from a triple a game it doesn't mean you'll never see it in a triple a game but 
Typically, the double A sphere does a better job at introducing strange ideas. Uh, and one of the ideas I love in that, that I'm really hoping that we see uh, in games as they keep going, because of course it's done on a smaller scale since the team is quite small and the budget was smaller. Um, but I love the idea in that game about armor. When you put it on, one of the ways that you can make it, uh, you know, because RPGs, one of the things that is unfortunate is when you feel like you end up looking like all your other friends and stuff. That's another thing I don't like. You said you can remove the companion aspect of the game, right? Oh, um, no, I don't remember, actually. I think you can. Cause... I think you can play the whole game by yourself. You can just ask the people to stay at camp. But I do feel like you're going to regret that decision. Because of the ability. I mean, it kind of feels like Final Fantasy VII, where everybody has kind of their place. Is it is it like actual like story characters that are with you, or is it just random people you recruit? No, it's real story characters that you play okay, with. Okay, that's a little different. I was thinking it's kind of like, like the Mass Effect style, where like they get into your group, and I mean, because this is very much a Bioware RPG, where you get into a group, and there are people that you meet within the story, but it's also people that you can continue to interact with. And okay, that's a little different. Depending on what you do with them actually depends on what they may or may not do in the story. Uh, you can have completely new cutscenes and different contexts of things based off if you've helped them. And they can actually leave your party. They'll be in your party, even if you're not actively using them, but they'll stay at camp, and that's where you can interchange yeah. this character because you can only have two of them with you. Uh, but they have a lot of bonuses, partially that as you have people with you longer and your friendship gets higher with them, you unlock uh, a, an ability of theirs that helps your ability. So when they're in your group, you get like higher blacksmithing or higher sneak or whatever like that. Um so there's a real reason for them to be there. But going back to the armor thing, uh, since the game, of course, I mean, I actually like a lot of the way the armor looks, but to give you that ability for even random characters to look different from you, like unlike the Oblivion problem, where if you slap on armor, you're going to see a ton of other people with your exact yeah, armor. especially leather armor. Exactly. In this game, if you have your own armor, you can go through, and the actual it has two purposes. It obviously gives visual differences, but it also changes what the what the armor is good at, uh, or good for the weapon is good at, or good for. And you go through, and you'll add certain things. Like I'm going to add a pauldron here, and it's going to give me this much defense. But if I add two pauldrons, it ups the weight, makes me a little slower, but gives me even that much more defense. Or I can do something. So it adds cosmetic and stat based changes. Exactly. I and like then that. that goes even further because you can put like little things here that are like uh, well add like a it's weird and they're they all have different purposes but the one i always kept because i wanted higher lock picking so i could be able to get through certain take alternative routes and stuff uh, i'd keep a little thing that had like lock picking tools that was attached to my armor and there's three different styles and depending on which one you get depending on how much more of the lock picking skill it gives you hmm. and i love that idea it's just i would love to see that in something like an assassin's creed game i was really hoping that's something that odyssey would have um but even then, just like general RPGs, I would love that in like the next Elder Scrolls. Help my armor look a lot cooler and a lot different and more personalized because you're giving me not only something to control the looks of it, but something that actually further deep digs down into that RPG mechanic of what do you want your stats to be. Yeah. I don't think we'll see that from Elder Scrolls because Skyrim kind of showed that Bethesda wants to take the Elder Scrolls in a series, in a, in a situation where you don't have consequences to choosing one action. Oh, yeah, you can just be... You're good at everything. Yeah, as you long can as be you a jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, 
which is fun in its own right, but I like that this is more of a traditional RPG, and it's like, hey, if you're going to do this, you're not going to be able to do this yeah, after you I get like so that. far. It's, well, actually, it's interesting. Cause it's like if you do this, you can be a jack-of-all-trades, but you're going to be very ant at everything, yeah. or you can be really good at a few things. That's kind of cool, too, because the whole, like, the whole actual motto of jack-of-all-trades, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Yeah, true. So that's kind of cool. Whereas <laughs> Skyrim is just jack-of-all-trades, master of all trades. Yeah, you, yeah, you can literally... If you choose to do so. But yeah, two-handed. Uh, an expert in two-handing and and, and and be an orc, but at the same exact time be the most light-footed, <laughs> stealthiest archer in the world. Yeah. What have you been playing this week? Uh, I have been playing almost exclusively... Crisis Core. Crisis Core. Actually, I, I may go far as... I don't think I've turned my PlayStation on this week. Oh, no. I played a little bit of Fallout 76 uh, with Donovan and... Uh, Blake and Chris. So um, didn't get back to it. Uh, the the change is interesting. Having actual NPCs in the game because like even random people you just run up to it. It kind of brings back the Skyrim uh, and Fallout Four Radiant Quest system where you can just see an NPC out there. You can help them do something. They'll run up to you and be like, "Oh, thanks. By the way, did you know about this?" And it kind of gives you another thing to go do. Yeah. And there's a ton of quality of life changes. Where used to would you pay sixty dollars for this game? If this game came out in the I state, haven't, I haven't played enough to know for sure. I would definitely be willing to pay like, from what I've seen so far at launch. If it was like this, I probably would have paid at least forty. I don't. Again, I need more time with it before I can flat out say. But a lot of the game is better. And was I, it Greedfall forty? Uh, Greedfall was fifty, but I got it for forty because Walmart's ten dollars cheaper. I guess I got it on sale because I thought I remember paying. I might have paid fifty for it. I don't remember. Yeah, it does the a lot of uh, focus home interactive games are ten dollars off fifty, what? and then if you go to Walmart, they do a ten dollar off to compete with Amazon. So I got it for forty. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Greedfall is fantastic. I would have gladly paid sixty dollars for Greedfall. But, I'm hoping you, know, that, you don't know that until hindsight. I'm hoping to click it where it clicks better with me. You know, it took me like three times, two times, one year. True. Automatic. You got to get. You definitely. I, I don't think that your true opinion of the game can start until you're off a of tutorial island. It's yeah. essentially RuneScape. Well, that's like a, you can't make an opinion on RuneScape when you're still on tutorial island. Yeah, and that's. I was telling. I believe I was telling Blake that um, in Discord the other day. Like, I won't judge and hate a game based on an earlier game in the series. Oh yeah. Like, I won't hate a series because of that. And the same goes for like an actual game. I won't just completely trash on a game unless there's a reason to. It, I will never trash on a game just because it didn't click with me. I'll trash on it because the developers have a very negative outlook on one specific thing or, or they're doing some shady practices or that uh, the game runs in a terrible state and they're implying that it's still worth $60 like Fallout 76 did at launch. Stuff like that. I'll trash all over a game for that. But I won't trash on a game because of the previous games in the series are bad. Like yeah. that's, That was my whole thing with like Assassin's Creed. I'm not a fan of Assassin's Creed, really. Uh, and it's been since you watched me play Assassin's Creed 2 the first night we moved into the apartments seven years ago. <laughs> it's been so uh, long ago. Yeah, I do remember that. And uh, it's been that long since I played a game. But I'm not. I'm not. Not gonna never try to play that game series again. Like yeah. I, I'm open to playing it again. I, I may not be a big fan of it, but you know I could appreciate what I liked about it. Yeah, and definitely ten years later when it plays wildly. Except the, except Assassin's Creed is doing the thing that Kingdom Hearts does a hundred percent, where Assassin's Creed doesn't. You can't play half the games on PS4. You can't play like there's not there's only one re, like one remastered collection and like one other remastered game or something. No, like what that. do you mean? Every Assassin's Creed game, I'm fairly positive, is available on PS4. Not Assassin's, according to not according to the uh, PlayStation app on the phone. It's not. There's the Ezio trilogy. 
which is Assassin's Creed Two. Let's go to let's go to this then, because I I literally on my phone went to um went to the PlayStation Store through the app. Three was remastered and included with uh, Odyssey as far as well as Liberation, which was the PS Vita game, which ultimately has no standpoint in the overarching story. You can play Black Flag on there, so that's four. You can play um, Unity on there. You can play the fact that I even know all the Assassin's Creed games, despite oh. not caring for them. Uh, definitely a lot of the ones I don't care for is interesting. Um, also, they remastered uh, Rogue, which was the, la- the PS3 entry that came out uh, exclusively for PS3 and 360 uh, on the same year as um, Unity did. And so you co- can play every Assassin's Creed game on PlayStation 4. They've and- actually went through a lot to do that, besides maybe Assassin's Creed 1. I think Assassin's Creed 1 may be the only one that you can't. Okay, so they have something called the Legendary Bundle, which is $200. I don't know what that is, but I'm not even going to click on that. Unless that's every single game ever created. It probably is. Because uh, you know there's also all those the, Assassin's Creed side games, like Assassin's Creed Chronicles, China, and all that. See, this has Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered, Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Assassin's Creed Origins, and Odyssey. That has none of the original games in that. Yeah, the Ezio Trilogy is on PS4, which is 2, um, Brotherhood, and Revelations. Then there's three. Three is remastered and recently came. Yeah, there's out. three remastered here, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I I don't. There's Rogue. There's Chronicles, which I don't know what that is. It's like a side game. It's kind of Prince there's Persia, Freedom Cry, which was a DLC for Black Flag. I'm not seeing the Ezio trilogy on here, and that's what gets me is I don't think that that's on here. The Ezio trilogy is the remaster that everybody was making fun of for the you know I well it had the it was the one that people were making fun of because it reused the same characters over and over again and apparently the original game didn't do that and it was called the Ezio trilogy I know it I mean there was no reason for it to release on PS3 you know what I mean it might have I don't see it it may not be available digitally maybe but I don't see why just type in Ezio trilogy I guess I could do that. That way you know for sure, and then we're going <laughs> to move along, I guess, because I don't really know what else I can say. Cause that's, no, here it is right here. Why is it, that just goes onto the store? Why is that not in the store anywhere? I don't know. I'm literally just hyped <laughs> in Assassin's Creed, and it's and how much was that? $30. dollars let's, let's go over here and see where everything is. It's $40. We start here. Go down to here. Oh, do you have yours listed by price? Yes. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. But it's not here. I I, I know it's dumb. This is this is why I crap all over the PS the store. These <laughs> so these games exist, and when I looked for them, I couldn't even find them. Unless you know the exact title. So Josh, Josh, get with me and tell me what games I should play. There you are. Even Kiki said this is like Kingdom Hearts, but with history. And I'm like, I don't want that. But but not even real else, history. There's nothing else going on at this point. Well, it's kind of real. Eh. It's set in a fictional, non-fictional world, like the Templars existed and stuff like that. Yeah. It's altered history. Are you telling me Donald Duck existed? Yes, he did. Uh, okay, let's see. Before we get too go too far on, um, also my World of Final Fantasy came in for Vita, so I'm going to start that soon. But I don't know how. You now, know, now uh, apparently a very long game. Uh, it's Maxima, right? Isn't that what the no? Uh, Maxima did not release on Vita, nor did the the separate uh, DLC patch that you can you download mean? for PS4 and. What's it called? Oh, is that like a is that a like a master edition or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it came with a separate DLC that you could purchase on Switch if or not on PS4 rather. Uh, and Switch version was just Maxima. The so Vita like version Dragon does Age not get it. Came at out at the as a definitive edition for eleven on Switch, but they never got the original game. Yeah. Okay, so Maxima is like the definitive edition. Yes. Gotcha. But that content is still available on PS4 as DLC. 
but not on Vita because they didn't want to port it to a system that is so it's just ultimately so there, is no, there is none of that. No. Well, I wonder if it's even worth it at that point. Uh, considering I paid twenty dollars for it, brand new, and it's the day. No, no, no. I mean, I wonder if the DLC is even worth missing out on. I don't know. I think it's just quality of life changes and stuff. Could be. Ultimately, I don't think it matters. I mean, that's like saying, well, okay, this might be taken as blasphemy, but it's like saying that Soul Sacrifice on Vita is not as good as Soul Sacrifice uh, Omega Delta. or whatever. Delta, that's what it's called. Um, I've yeah, played both of them. I forgot that. They're hardly different from each other, realistically. Well, that's also, that, that, was, that was a question I was asking. I wonder if it's even you know, I, worth I it. I doubt it. To, I, to I, be worried about that. If I had already bought the original and this came out, I can't imagine why I would want to rebuy it to get this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even want to pay more. If I was just done with the game, I'd probably be, which I don't know. I'm different, so I won't say anything past that. But we're going to hop over into the community's take. And last week's community take was, would you mind Sony taking on a tower-like design similar to, similar to the Xbox Series X? Or are you hoping for a more traditional console design that further separates the two consoles? Uh, over on Facebook, we have Mr. Michael Potter Schneider, who says, I think the Series X would be an eyesore in my current media setup. I like the ability to hide a console if I need and have it blend into a setup, uh, which is interesting because for me, at least as someone who really loves it, when technology looks sleek and, and like a showcase, I like to have it out, which I guess I still agree with you in the sense that I think that Series X would ultimately, I wouldn't call it an eyesore, but I don't think it would be a showpiece. Uh, and that kind of bums me out. But it's also too big to for at least many people to easily hide. So I can understand that. I think some people will like it just because it's minimal. And it's not that it's some kind of a showpiece of design. It's just rather like a, it's minimal and it can sit over there without interrupting your visual flow or anything. Now, I like when things interrupt your visual flow from a standpoint of just catching your eye and being like, whoa, that's beautiful. Yeah. Personally, uh, it's, why I, it's why I think the Vita, definitely, I want to talk about the launch model. The Vita, to me, looks so much better that's different than in a, every that's capacity different than, a, console, than though. a Switch. But it just goes to show that the Switch is a handheld. And even if you look at them both in a handheld way, the Vita looks much more premium. It feels much more premium. Even, but even if you take away feel But that's from something it, you'll have in your hands that you'll see every sure. aspect of but every even time if it's you sitting, play it. Whereas sure. a PS4, it's like... you. Hit the controller and the Again, light you, comes on. You can hide, and the Switch definitely does have the ability to hide the Switch, even though it's kind of harder. Because uh, actually, Josh goes on, and I'll go find it to mention. I think it's over in the Discord. Josh Ayers, one of our patrons and friends, uh, he says, I want a traditional design. I'm into console games, not PC games. I don't want any part of a console looking like a tower. It would not fit in my entertainment system. I don't have a Switch because it won't fit... I have no room for towers. If I have to wait, I will wait, or I'll just stop playing games on console. Um, well, see, that makes me go. To, that, that makes me curious as to where you would go playing games at that point, like phones. Because if you're not gonna play them on PC, like because of the tower. Like, I think his point is, is if you if the console is gonna be a tower anyway, why not just game on PC? Because one of the you know one I of think the benefits are is highly to do that. underestimating the size or overestimating the size of this thing. The size is not that speaker on your on your desk over there, which audio listeners can't see. It's half the size of that. It's not even that tall. It's not even see the little candle thing like right there. It's 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 a little bit bigger than that. No, it's not. I could show you a picture of it in somebody's hands, and it's about yay big, dude. It the the, the speaker is actually a perfect analog to the size of what that console is going to be. That is not the size of that console. That speaker is is about probably three inches too wide. I don't have my Xbox controller in here anymore. Well, take a, are you might deep or like legitimately wide. Well, that's deep, deep slash wide. Okay, well, look deep. You might be a little right. It's more of a cube than that, and that's more. 
elongated in the back. But otherwise, that's a very close analog to what it's going to look like, and that would be kind of a pain in the butt to put on my thing over there. I think you're I think you're over you're underestimating the size of it. And other people are overestimated overestimating the size of it. I have watched for those that are curious. Let's go to the Austin Evans video where he actually has it in his hands. Yeah, they've released the, the measurements of what it is. They've shown that the controller, which is not too much different than the Xbox One controller, uh, it takes up about a third of it. It's, look, it's literally like if you stack that. two controllers on top of each other, and it's that's okay. So deep, that is not nearly as no, deep no, as no, that. deep, deep. But everything else is actually pretty close. If anything, the Xbox Series X is actually taller than that. I wish you guys could see this, but for go look, sake, go look up the Austin Evans here. Like I don't, I like. Maybe, but to be fair, again, the day after the reveal happened, they released a thing that showed the actual dimensions. You could look at what the measurements yeah, of the system are. I just it a is ruler. a big system. It's not as big as a normal computer tower, thankfully. So I will say that there is some people who I know are going to be overestimating the size of it. But it is that's clearly I, I think big. People are, I think people are getting their heads that that's the size of a PC. And it's yeah, not. and it's well, and it's the size of a of a compact uh, ATX, which is not a common hard, computer. You'd be hard pressed to find that size of a compact ATX anywhere. I think Corsair just uh, just uh, has a case that just came out that's roughly the size. But yeah, look at that in his hands. That is that. I feel like people are comparing this to PCs so unfairly. I I mean, half and half. I think I I, I think that it's meeting. I do think some people are overestimating, but I don't think I think that you did at least come into this slightly underestimating. You were acting like it was the size of a little bit bigger than that candle holder, which it is. is not true. It is. If I go get a if I go get two I can Xbox go get my Xbox controller right now. If, if I go get an Xbox controller and put it up, that's going to be about yay much bigger than an Xbox controller, right? Yeah, and that console when the Xbox controller was on, it's, it had enough room for one more controller so you, and part so you of another. Take that yay bigger, and then you throw. No, it was not. It was. It We're was disagreeing a, to disagree here. I, I just saw what you saw, and there's no possible way at all. If you take, there's no way. If you take that space, I'm not going to even be able to find that spot in the video anymore. But if you take that candle over there and you throw an Xbox controller out, there's going to be about an inch hang off the top of that, right about here. Right where my mouse is, and then you would throw another Xbox controller on. That's about how tall that'd be. It'd be two Xbox controllers plus an inch tall. Maybe a little bit more than an inch, maybe about an inch and a half. I'd say two and then two inches. Again, it's hard to say because you don't have the exact measurements, but Yeah. But if, if I wanted way, to really put this to bed, I would if we had my speaker over here and I could. But really, it, it's it's like if you really want to give it, it's like if you took the for people who are watching on YouTube, it's like if you took the PlayStation I have back here. Uh, and put a console up to it. The height is about the same. Where people have problems at is that instead of where normally you could lay that down and you could slide it into most entertainment systems, some people, some, are having the issue that now it's so much wider that even if you lay it on the side, now you're talking about something that is about the height of an Xbox controller. It's too tall. So, again, I, I think at that point, we just... The all I'm saying is if if you could see, and I wish I actually could, it's plugged up. If you could see this candle thing... So I think that that's, your glasses are messing with your vision. No, there's no way. That candle thing is a, is a, is a, is a better representation of the height than, or it would be a better representation of the size versus that speaker behind it. I disagree wildly. No, yeah. Wildly. That, there is no way that what he just had in his hand, that, that You're speak- seeing it right there, Saul. What? Do that I need to go get? thing is, is like a foot wide. That console is not a foot wide. You're talking about. Yes. Or yeah, deep or whatever. Probably right about there. It's a little shorter. A little. No. I'll, I'll go get the measurements. I'll, you know what we'll do? Here's a bonus episode. I'll go get a white Sharpie, and then I will get the measurements, and I'll, I will trace over that speaker. Do it, please. Where you can see the extra space. Because I will show you just how ridiculously off you are I'm telling <laughs> on you, what you think. That thing right there. Be prepared for some bonus content, people. 
But um, but after yeah, we get done with I'm this, gonna I'm going to make. I'm going to go this. with my favorite comment that we have, and it's on Discord. It's Blaze twenty one hundred two. I'd prefer the traditional design, but if a tower is necessary to keep the system from overheating, I'm more pro system working than system design. Yeah, and I actually think that's the most fair to, thing I've seen. It's the closest the way I feel. What, what I mentioned last week was. I'm not going to be necessarily like happy with it if they choose to go with that, but it's not going to stop me care. from buying it's just, it. It's going to go on my desk, and I'm not going to look yeah. at it other than like the first couple of times or somebody comes over and they're like, oh, that's the new PS5. Yeah, that's it. Oh, cool. That's it. It's not going to be something I, yeah. I, I, Personal I, I marvel at every time I like, go on my game. Like, okay, to give Xbox props, since technically this is certain people and even me to some extent saying I don't care for the tower design, my One X in there, the Gears of War one, and my PlayStation that's directly b- well, beside it. Well, those special editions. Both of them are those gorgeous, are, and I love the way those they Those are meant to be flashy and look flashy, sure. whereas with other consoles, I don't... Perfect, perfect example. My PS3 in there. My PS3 is on the other side of my TV, angled. It's beautiful. I love it. I look at it all the time. What, and that's the Final Fantasy XIII one or something? No, it's just the normal launch black PlayStation 3, jet black. Oh, see, I don't. I'm, I'm not a fan of how that looks, but I don't care because I, yeah, I, I get it. I just throw it over there. But we're explaining the difference between the two different people. Me and plenty of people do like to look at a console and have it look good. Now, a perfect example of closer to you is like Michael Potter Schneider over on Facebook, who said he, excuse me, likes the ability for the console to blend and hide in the setup. That's more of what you you don't really care because as long as you don't see it, you I don't think, you don't have a care to look at it. I think though I that, personally do. I think though that anytime somebody knows what something is. And it's part of a dedicated setup. It's automatically hidden, quote unquote. You can see that PS4 under your TV, and I'm not going to take any special notice to that if you're playing it, because it's part of the setup. It's it's not meant to be hidden away or anything. The same goes if if you had an Xbox Series X tower on your on your table. It's like, oh, that's he's playing an Xbox. Yeah, I'm not I'm saying not, that the use of it. It's just but I, but some I'm people like want it to go more I away. I don't understand that that concept of like I'm going to hide it away. Because, like, to me, it's it's already hidden in plain sight because it's not something. It's not like a design that you know you that you that that is a statement. It's not something that's like, well, and that's and that's that's like even if I had like the, to me the ugliest console of all time is the Super Nintendo. It's the ugliest. It's green or it's gray. It has purple buttons on it. The controller ports are ugly and and round. Yeah. And I'll I'll have I still have my SNES Mini up under my counter under my um entertainment system where you can see it because like I don't care. It's just. It's part of the entertainment system. Like, that's the thing is. Well, I'll have, I'll say my last kind of two words on this and I'll move. Because I think that we're just somewhat naturally opposed as to what so. we care about in this. Yeah. And even then, I'm not to the farthest extent of going, again, not buying it if it is a tower. I will. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I, I'm, um, I'm not not buying a PlayStation if it's not a tower. Like, I'm not saying that tower is the way to go, tower yeah. master race or something like that. But I'm just saying, yeah, like, I know. I don't. I, to, to me, it's a very foreign concept to have a home console and care about how it looks. And it's come apparent to me now with all the negative comments on that that I'm like, wow, people really care how this thing looks. Yeah. And Where like if, when I was 12, out. nobody criticized how the Xbox looked in terms of a of an insult. Nobody said, look at that big old green ugly thing. Or nobody looked at the PS2 and said, you know, look at that thing over there. It looks ugly. That must be like just around your own thing. Because if you actually look on message boards, a lot of people actually thought that the Xbox was quite big and bulky and not very good oh, looking. It was. It was and the PS2 too. was very sleek looking. Definitely by the time they became a slim model. Never but, once in my life uh, heard somebody criticize the, this now, the is, controllers. Yes. Now, the this is the best way to go yes. to something that's a closer analog. Uh, the original Xbox One, when people okay. were first sawing it, this is go- sawing it when people first saw it. <laughs> uh, God, I've been around my daughter too much, just adding ing to the end of words and being like, "Yeah, that's the past." That's tense. a word. <laughs> but um, this is the closest thing I can say. 
to it. When you look at the original reveal of the design for the PlayStation 4, a lot of people really liked it and otherwise were indifferent on it. Then you had kind of the other side where, and of course this is technically within more of a PlayStation bubble. I'll, I'll at least be fair in saying that. But I remember looking on a lot of online and it was kind of the exact opposite for the Xbox. Either people were just kind of indifferent on the design or like, well, whatever, it's just, it's the console. And then the other group of people, even some Xbox fans, even one of my friends I worked with, who was like, I'm getting the Xbox One, but it looks like a VCR. I've said that before yeah. too, but it's not one of those it goes things to like... that people do care about what consoles look like. That's all I'm using that for. Now, I to mean, but do your... they? Because they're still getting it. <laughs> well, they care what they look like because they care enough to make a mention and wish that it wasn't that way. Yeah, but see, that's the best that's, thing. That's to say. not the level I'm seeing on this kind of stuff. And I'm not talking about the furthest, furthest group. But even for the furthest group, it just goes show that some people care more than others. That's that's like anything. Some people will care more about how fast your car can go than others. Some people don't care. I it's mean, just yeah, it's but... just a thing of some people have weird preferences that, or I shouldn't say weird. Some some people have preferences that are odd when you when you're not involved in what they're doing. But the last thing I'll say, and then I want to move on from this really because. We've wasted way too much time on it. Uh, we'll get a couple more of the community stake things. But um, is people who want to legitimately hide their system, it is easy when you have the right setup of the, where you can essentially slide one of the things that you were trying to do, right, is you're not completely hiding it, but close enough when you were hoping that you'd be able to put your consoles underneath your TV, to where they'd be pretty much out of space, take up less real estate on Oh, your that's desk. all I cared about was less real estate. Exactly, and that is part of it. The Xbox Series X is going to be much harder to find a way to minimize its real estate. Not really, because a, a standing-up Xbox One is smaller th- real estate than that thing standing up right now. Uh, yeah, it's like you, it's like if you took it and just reallocated all the dimensions, but it does make it harder to hide, even if you lay it on your side. But uh, people well, who actively try to hide consoles will do things like, get things where you can mount it to your wall. Some people will actively find ways to mount it to the back of their TV. And it it makes it look like, even though you're playing it, you literally don't see it. It's it's just, again, it's going to be more challenging, not impossible, more challenging with the Series X. For me, me that has my console standing up on my desk, Mm -hmm. which is kind of rare, the Xbox Series X is less real estate than a standing up console. Currently is. Yeah, but you're able to do that in a vertical slice, whereas the Series X Yeah, but I don't have something above these consoles. Like, it's still the... What do you mean? above you said i'm talking about even when they're standing up like if you stood the xbox series x and the one x up and you're looking at them one is like a vertical going uh, vertical is right on the right word actually it's just like a when you're looking at it it's it's going straight back and it takes very little room up when it's standing up width wise but the moment you have the series x if you have uh, a good example is like if my desk was just a little bit smaller instead of a 72 and it was a 66 wide desk I actually, with my TV, would not have room for the Series X to sit beside my TV. I'd have to either find a way to pull my TV up and put it behind it, and hopefully that would work, or I'd have to push my TV back and put the console in front of it, which I don't see why anybody you wouldn't, wouldn't do. that, yeah. So, again, but at the same time, you, wouldn't, you still wouldn't be able to stand up that on your TV stand at all, if that's the case. Well, no, I, if I had a 66, my PlayStation being up and being so thin when it's it'd be up behind the TV. would actually be, it'd be right beside it. And it wouldn't, it's, it'd be like what I have now, except for instead of being able to do it two consoles wide, again, if it was a 66, it'd be, it'd be one console wide, which would be fine. Yeah. See, and for me right now, like that's what I'm saying is that for me, I, I'm not taking up any, any extra space with these consoles at all. Yeah. And that's why for me, it's like, it's hard to imagine, like even the entertainment system in my living room has a spot that I could put the Xbox Series X. Sure. It's one of those things to me that's like, I, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind for me. And it's kind of something else that's kind of weird with it is a lot of people are being really, really harsh on it. But then most people 
or being really understanding. Like Luke Rabbit says, I'm more into the traditional design as well. I personally not love the tower look of the Series X. That being said, whatever keeps it from overheating. He, and he goes on to agree with pretty much what Blaze 2102 said. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Luke Rabbit is uh, Luke Bartolomeo. And oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until last week either. So shout out uh, to our patron. Yes. Oh, I, I got to go in there and edit his name to be blue. Um, yes, we will do that for you. That way it's it's even easier for us to tell. Uh, just to go ahead and get a couple more things from here. Uh, over on the Discord, a new user, I think, could be Vince. I'm not quite sure. The Snow Jedi is his name on there. He says, I love the original PS3 and PS4 designs. I'd like something of that design style again. However, if it needs to vent heat out of the top, I understand that is preferable. And, of course, when people ask what's the need for a tower, it is just to move more air, which does dissipate heat. It, it's a simpler way to just handle a problem than having to do a bunch of engineering work to get it to happen. That's the way. Well, there's still a fair amount of engineering work though. I mean, essentially the engineering work just goes towards a case design of how much do you, how much do you add space rather than how do you make it to where you can actually move air out when you don't have the space yeah, to do and, it. So, and designing the case in a yeah. way that all the, the, the power supply cables can actually reach to this spot and yeah. curve around this bend and sure. stuff like that. Uh, other One of our patrons, Mr. Danny Villalobo, says more towards a traditional console design. Very short, sweet, simple answer. Uh, Dennis, one of our new patrons, Mr. Kevin Baconbit, says, I don't really care what the console looks like. I would take a traditional look uh or a tower, as long as it doesn't sound like SpaceX launching a robot. Thank which you. is one of the biggest things that people look at as one of the... We, and, and not that we know for sure, but it looks like what would be one of the biggest benefits of the Series X looking the way it does is that it will probably cut down on fan noise dramatically. Yeah, um, and something tells me that like that it's going to have to happen with the clock speeds they're claiming that these consoles are running at. It, those are some very high clock speeds, yeah. 4.2 and stuff like that. That's one of the things rough. that's going to be interesting for PlayStation is that they're, they're allowing variable clock speeds. Uh, so... I think that part of the way they'll be able to handle theirs is when games don't need all the extra overhead, they can cut down to a clock speed that does handle the game and would lessen the load that would need to be cooled. Uh, Whereas Xbox is kind of taking the brute force thing. It's like, well, this is what you have. So even if the game doesn't need it, we're going to be running at this, but we have the ability to push the air so it doesn't matter. And the curious thing about the way the 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 PS4 or PS5 is handling things is that what, like, okay, so like... It'd be any games and stuff that would be doing that, right? Because even games from the end of this gen, like Red Dead and stuff like that, they're definitely not underclocking that for those. I think double A games are a good example. I don't think that there's any reason why Greedfall would need to run, you know, necessarily full blast because well, you're dealing with a game that, if anything, I'd say this: it may end up using it just because it wasn't as optimized for it. Because that's what normally happens in lower budget games is that even though the game doesn't look as good as The Last of Us Two and and maybe has a lot more load windows. It's just because they didn't have a team to handle optimization to that degree. It's like, well, the game works the way we need it to work. Yeah. So it is hard to say, but of course there will be much smaller games like, uh, you know, Hollow Knight. Yeah. That choose to, that really just don't need the over because of the way that their, their game, their design is more of a love letter to a genre rather than what the console can or can't handle. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, over on, um, Twitter, which we haven't done too much of, but that's where we're at. Uh, Mr. Derek, Life Reimagined, one of our other patrons and friends, he says, hopefully they stay away from the tower design. I prefer a slick, thin design like many of the concepts have shown. They generally look better than a vertical, uh, than a boring vertical brick and are easier to incorporate into an entertainment center, uh, which goes to show I think a lot of people 
have, and I actually know that this is a thing. A lot of people have older entertainment centers because they're a lot sturdier than new ones. Like yours is a lot like the one I used to have. And there's actually a lot of room on my old one, but mm-hmm. it's not that great of a piece of furniture. You could kick it really hard and probably break it. I mean, which you could do that with okay. most pieces of I could get this desk really hard and break it. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, if I'm being 100. Do you want to test you, that? I, I, you know, I can get one for free. And one of these days, it'd be funny just to see if you could. But I, I don't think because like that. The, what I like about the entertainment system I have at home, there's no, there's absolutely no sway. Like if I go over there and, and yeah. put my hand on the corner, I cannot push it back and forth yeah. at all. Yeah, uh, but a lot of people like my my dad and actually my mom and a lot of my friends. Now that I go to think about it, uh, Blaze included, they have very traditional entertainment centers that are wooden sturdier they have little setups for dvd players vcr players uh they sometimes have products of the past drawered things for yeah exactly um and i think that that goes to show that a lot of people are looking at this without having to replace furniture just to hold what they want if they want to keep a similar setup to what they have. And I don't know. It is what it well, is. Well, I will say Josh but is... By the, the way, that is a real slick-looking design. I actually really love that. Ugly. I can't stand that design. I love <laughs> I mean, it. Uh, it'll you never, don't like gloss, though, and that's a big deal yeah, here. Yeah, it'll never be that either, because there's no way something that small and sleek can, can contain everything that the PS5 is going to contain. I don't know. People thought the same about the PS4. They were like, what? That's what it looks like? It's that small? And I mean, then you have, have the VCR. a tablet GPU in it, though, from 2014. No, fair, but they, so did the Xbox One that looked like a really fat VCR player. Again, goes to show that it, and, and, and the PlayStation 4 had the power brick built into the system. Which the Xbox One didn't even have. Which the Xbox One yeah. didn't even have. And Talk it was about more way real bigger. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think that that's the one thing that I'm so glad of is that nobody's worrying about a power brick anymore. <laughs> We don't know that for sure. Thank Jesus. We don't know that for sure yet. From what I'm understanding, I think Xbox have already confirmed there. Will I was be like, no what, if, what if Sony walked out? That would be so funny. That I would legitimately laugh at that, and I would expect people to blow them up. I would too. <laughs> All right, we're gonna throw out the last couple here. We got. Uh, the rest of the three are from our patrons. You guys are great. Uh, El Jehudi says, don't care much about the console design, but a more traditional design would fit in my entertainment corner. Sean Santarude says, I honestly wouldn't mind. I thankfully have the space in my man cave for however it is shaped. But if I had to have it placed in my living room, then I would definitely struggle with a tower design. And last, uh, but certainly not least, Mr. Constantly Kenny says, it doesn't bother me if they go to the tower design, but I would have to lay it down for it to fit on my shelf, which isn't ideal aesthetically if designed to be stood up. I guess there might also be a case to be made about thermals, but I haven't done the research. Uh, and that is actually one thing that I wish I actually was 100% nailed down on. I can't remember if, and I think we talked about the last episode, is whether or not Microsoft have confirmed that the, the Series X can be laid on its side. And I forgot to look into. Yeah, that. I think I think it's one of those that's like the um, what other console was it? Was it the? There's another console there. It's like you could technically lay it on the side. We don't advise you to, but you can. I think it was the launch model Xbox uh, One. Was Sorry. it? Because uh, Blaze, I remember had uh, when he bought his entertainment center, it wouldn't fit standing up. Uh, which would mean that he'd have the same basic problem with Series X. Up. So he had to, I, I think it was one way or the other. Maybe you were supposed to have it standing up, and when you laid it down, it was not advised. But one way or the other, no, I think it was supposed to be we looked it up. Down. Yeah, we looked it up, and it was interesting. So, uh, But that is all of them. We appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Um, or most of them, if not all of them. Either way, we got plenty of feedback. So thank you, guys. It's, it's good to see again. Uh, I was a little surprised at how many people generally just were, they didn't care. Like maybe they had an overall preference, but it again it was very similar to me. Just because you had a preference doesn't mean it's going to be a make or break deal yeah. for you. So, 
Uh, we're going to get into the news real quick. And the first thing I want to do with the news is just subject you all, if you have any interest to, to something that was interesting to me, but also slightly unsettling, uh, unsettling, if not impressive. Uh, there is a deep fake that someone made of one of the scenes from Uncharted 4 uh, where they deep faked Nathan Fillion's face over Nathan Drake. And it looks really good, but also really strange because yeah. it's his real face in a video game that looks really close to real. So it actually somehow... It's like Space Jam. It's weird that it makes the game look more real than his face because the rest of the game is more consistent with itself. Does that make sense? It's like real, no. by, real by context. Uh, this is something they talk about with in VR in that if you can do VR right, you can get someone to feel like a world that is clearly not possible to be real is real because everything you're seeing is consistent within itself if it's done right. Uh, this right here somehow makes Nathan Fillion's face look out of place in a way that makes only the face appear in the Uncanny Valley. I didn't like it. Oh, did you watch it? It's, yeah. It's weird. I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of a cool <laughs> idea, but it was just... It's like it's like what, what uh, like uh, the whole Jurassic Park thing. They thought about uh, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like we were too preoccupied with whether we, we yeah or whether we could not whether we should yeah you shouldn't have done that yeah deepfake is a consistently scary technology. Deep, if I'm being deepfake honest. got pretty much banned all over Reddit too, mainly for like porn stuff. Oh God, yeah, uh, I can only imagine. But yeah, like like deepfaking is a technology. I would not be uh, how uncomfortable if it would be illegal. How soon. uncomfortable would you be if you just were if you were a star and you suddenly went on the internet and it's like, yeah, that is me in a porn. Yep, I've never done porn. <laughs> oh man, that's ooh interesting. You know, I'm, I'm a little surprised though that somehow deepfake is still only focused on faces. Like, I'm a little surprised, and I'm almost worried that if I say it, it's going to breed it into existence. But I'm surprised no one's tried getting it done to where you can analyze footage of people wearing more tightly knit clothes, like uh, tightly fitting clothes, and find a way to deepfake someone's body over someone else's body. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to know that. Ooh, yeah, weird. I'm not a fan of deepfakes. Nor am I. I, I, I'm, I think they're interesting, but I think they're incredibly dangerous. And that's essentially the the interesting aspect is far outweighed by the dangerous aspect to where I'd be okay with it being gone forever. Um, by the way, the Xbox One X is six inches wide by six inches deep by 12 inches tall. That thing is not six inches wide or deep. That thing is the front of that. 10. The front of that's not crazy. I can't see the front of it, but the, but yeah. the depth I'm looking at is probably 10 inches. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a deeper so thing. You say four inches matters off. for a speaker. It Again, matters for a console. Well, no, I mean, it matters for a speaker because you want the depth for your speaker to be able to boom. Oh, back. I thought you meant for the speaker size. I was about, about, about to hit you in the head. No, the depth specifically is something you want in a speaker casing because you want your speaker to be able to travel back as far as possible. You know, do you know like when you build like when you get a speaker, the deeper the speaker, the better it is. But that means you have to have more of a case to go back. At least the better it is at handling low ends. That makes sense. Yeah. I never thought of it that way though. Yeah. Either way, I still want to do that just because I think it'd be funny to go through and show you that it is definitely not closer to that, which is also only three inches by three inches. So you again, that thing is not three inches tall. No, three inches wide by three inches deep. Oh, I was the, say. The, the height is probably closer to five or six inches, five inches. So again, about half. And if you look, if it's half of that, it's let's also just meet half in the, the middle. I think we're meeting in the middle here. We're going to see. I think that the, if anything, I'm pretty sure that the Xbox Series X. I'm going to measure my speaker. I would be sure that it's a lot closer in size to my speaker than it is in, in class size to that candle setup. Okay, we won't even round it off, and I think I'll win. Not yeah, we'll see. You want to put $5 on it? Put yeah. lunch on it one day? Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> uh, 
All right, next thing up on the news uh, is also in relation to Naughty Dog. A pretty big hit on the news this past week uh, was, of course, the leak of a very small but also potentially important section of The Last of Us Part Two. The leak was initially rumored to be from a disgruntled employee over a pay dispute, but Sony have identified not only the leaker, but apparently the method in which they were able to access the information, if we were to believe a tweet by Jason Schreier that was released this morning. Um, the leaker was not affiliated with Naughty Dog, uh, but apparently used a security vulnerability presented in a patch to an older Naughty Dog game that they used to access Naughty Dog servers. So I'm just going to correct this bit of news. It is not a very small chunk of the game. The it's reason a, It's a very the, large... The reason I say... Uh, ultimately very small is because the game is roughly as they've said 25 hours and this leak overall even if you took a look at everything is at max 30 minutes of content now 30 minutes of content is a lot but it's not a lot in context to a 20 it's, it's like yeah say this, it's, it's like if you got and now of course the content of the leak is the most important part yeah. that's why i'd say it's a potentially important part of it now even then you're getting the important part out of context but it is still a big thing that oh I you're think not getting the important you, parts out you of know you know more of what the leak is. Of course, I'm having to yeah. speak from this as someone who, thankfully, has not been leaked. Yeah. So that is part of it. Well, it's by me handling the news. I'll tell you right now, what you've said so far is incorrect. <laughs> so just stop there because none of it's out of context. There's every, well, everything every, has to be out of context if you don't play the entire 25 hours. I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, you could say that about anything, I, I, though. I, well, I mean, I mean that. If you told me that there was a movie that a, a, a guy and a girl kiss and everybody's like, whoa, what? That kiss means nothing if you don't understand the relationship between the people. But you, if you do. don't understand what's built up to it. But you do. Again, I, I don't know the piece That's of I'm information. Telling you, just stop but talking. Even about then, it. you have to have the remainder. You're of the giving people a false it. sense of hope. Don't do that. About uh, hey, week, look, I promise I, you, this I have my is, own thing. I don't. Have this to worry leak about is it. way bigger than you think. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> the, 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 people That's who are watching it. this video on YouTube don't go, to, don't go to comments. What? What? Don't go to the YouTube comments. Somebody will be down there spoiling this game in the YouTube comments. I guarantee. If you spoil it. this game in the comments, I will immediately delete this. I won't even read it. If I see you say something about the, the video, last... <laughs> no, I'll delete the comment. You got to read the comments to delete it. No, I don't. <laughs> Contextual reading. No. Remember, you just read one little thing, and no. <laughs> with your context, with no. no my rules that I just said is: if you mention the Last of Us two in anything that's more than a single sentence. I will not even read the sentence. I, I'm really mad at how I got spoiled for it. I think that was... You want to tell the fun story? I, I was do think literally it's reading a thread on Reddit about Gordon Ramsay and Alton Brown, two famous chefs. I do not know who Alton Brown is. But Alton Brown is uh, Good Eats. You ever watch that show? Okay, yes, he, I He's a host yeah. of Good Eats. Yeah, he's a very uh, respected chef, and it was kind of a thread about them two. And then one of the comments on Reddit that does that thing like where it says, this comment was negatively impacted the conversation or whatever clicked to view. And okay. I thought it was a spicy take on one of those two people. And I read it, and the way it was read out to me, and I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but it was events in order, and I was like, I don't know what any of that means. And then at the at the very bottom, it was names in order. And I was like, oh. And I thought it was fake at first. I was like, that's dumb sounding. And then I went to Discord where Sean was like, hey, everybody watch out. Last of Us got leaked. And I'm like, okay, did I just get spoiled or not? So then I was like, I have to go check and see because there's no way what I saw would happen in the game, and it is. And I'm like, okay. So just because I didn't think about it until just now, are you telling me that this was an Alton Brown versus Gordon Ramsay? Like no, a- well, it was, a, it was a thread about Gordon Ramsay on Reddit, and then inside the thread there was a, a, a comment thread chain about Alton Brown and Gordon Ramsay comparing him. So then I was reading through it. Is this like the same as console wars, but like chef wars? Like, no, nah, the best chef is Alton Brown. No, it's the just chef people, is- people, I didn't realize this, but people really hate Gordon Ramsay. And I was kind of like reading through that thread, and I thought somebody had said something controversial about one of the other. Sure. And I was like, I was actually kind of surprised how people, how many people hated Gordon Ramsay. He's kind of an asshole. 
Yeah. I think he knows he's hated. I mean. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he does that as a character, but I, I don't know. Back on to PlayStation and not food. Back on to PlayStation. Because I am hungry. Uh, all right. Next thing up in here is uh, the long-rumored Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, as it was called, uh, has finally been revealed under the official title of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. While no gameplay has been shown yet, the reveal consisted of a cinematic trailer showcasing the game's Viking setting during the Dark Ages. Coming from the team behind Origins, reports detail a game that aims to lean further into RPG mechanics with a new take for the series shedding its level system it follows many looter shooters and having a general power number a number that is determined by the skills that you've learned from the new skill graph the game also aims to make combat much weightier with a sense of impact to showcase the brutality of the weaponry used during the time period and brings forth a dual wielding system the game is set to release this holiday across all consoles including the sony and microsoft next gen machines and is available for pre-order now Excuse me, including a collector's edition. So I'm gonna, uh, one of the things to, m- to mention here is that Microsoft at least has confirmed that if you buy, or maybe it was Ubisoft one, if you buy the game on the three on the Xbox One, then you get the Series X version. Also, like it's yeah, a, it's called Smart Delivery. Yeah, that's that. That's yeah, I, I couldn't that, remember the name. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I will say though, this is a, here's a really spicy take about uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla mm-hmm. that has probably in my top three favorite video game trailers of all time. And I'm not an Assassin's Creed fan. The way that trailer was being told is like how the Vikings are bad guys, but then you see them playing with children and stuff. I was like, that's a cool trailer. Like that, like, I'm yeah. not interested in Assassin's Creed like as much as like I kind of would want to be. But yeah. then I was like, this makes me excited. Like That was the whole reason. I was like, all right, Josh, why do I start in Assassin's Creed? Because I was like, if I have to know of, a, of an overarching story, even just a little bit of it to understand this game, then I was like, I want to at least learn it. Yeah, I'd be curious really how much it matters because I'd say Origins, Odyssey, both of those, you didn't really need to know much about the previous games. So yeah, I, I think, that, if, I think their following? new thing is trying to the, – the only thing that you would be slightly confused on is the real-world timeline, which that's, that's, has been more and more minimalized, at least as far as I've been able like, to see. Do they even do this stuff with like Animus and stuff like that? Technically, yeah. Okay, well then, I kind of want to at least know all that yeah. going into it. So in, either way, uh, yeah, the, the trailer is good, but it overall left me with a feeling of man because – I need to see if the gameplay is going to be very similar to Odyssey, which just left me kind of now. Okay, now feeling disrespected of my time. Pump the brakes. Which one was the bad one, Odyssey or Origins that you played? Odyssey is the one that I couldn't finish because I felt like the game was fighting me. Yeah, Origins, I beat the whole thing and I loved it. And you liked, and that's. I mean, I Origins is in Egypt. I'd say I liked it. Odyssey is like in Greece. Yes. Okay. And they're both, both of they're them are both sixty dollars still on PSN stores. So. Yeah, and both of them take place between before any of the other Assassin's Creed games, at least from their historical standpoint. So can I play those two without knowing the story at all? Or, Absolutely. Or like, I'm pretty sure eight. Wait, it's not, like a reboot. Not Aiden. That's the guy from Watch Dogs. Uh, what's the what's the Altier's real guy's name? Why'd you do this to me? I know it. And I can't think of it right now. Um, the first. He, he's the first. Ever. I always made fun of him because in Assassin's Creed One, he looked like Adam Sandler. He did. <laughs> He really did. <laughs> and I can't remember his name now. Desmond Miles. Desmond, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so I was... Anyways. I, I will th- tell you this. None of these games have any... Well, they have very little to do with Desmond. And even the so way they Desmond, do is like, like the first a, a three? tertiary connection. One, two, and Brotherhood. Is that what Desmond's arc is? Or Well, it's one, two, and three, I think. I didn't play three, but from talking to people who have, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And you did like Brotherhood, right? I liked Brotherhood. You did like for two. a very different way. I didn't like two, and I never played Revelations. Okay. And I didn't like Assassin's Honestly, Creed 1. I beat it. I, I can't remember who. But bro- the gameplay was not very good to me. Which one is Brotherhood? Uh, it's the second of the Ezio trilogy. It's the middle game. 
Yeah, I don't remember how I like that one or not. I can't remember. So it, I, it's been so long since I played these games that they're all melodying in my mind of the of the experience versus what game I might have been playing. Sure. Well, anyway, you can pre-order the game now, but I, for one, am waiting for gameplay. I'm not saying no to the game. It's just right now, I don't have anything that's gripping me because the reason, if, if honestly, if it wouldn't have been for the, like the most recent game in the series, kind of making me eh, if anything, I'm more excited that it's the team behind Origins because I enjoyed Origins. Yeah. But if the Origins team is just going to further lean into RPG, which is what Odyssey was acting like, and that just meant making you do everything yeah, or, in the game. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like that. I like a game that gives you the ability and freedom to do things at your own pace. I don't, I'm not talking about when a game introduces side content to you by making you do at least one piece of side content. I don't mind that. Um, because it's like, okay, we're just showing you that there's more to this game than the main story. I don't mind that early on. If it, if it precedes that five-hour mark, then yeah, I mind it. It's like Spider-Man. I, I might as well upgrade my suit. No, no, that's no fair. dude. Let me go do the story. I'm, I'm, you just ended on a good note. I want to see where this note goes. Well, and I also think it depends on what's going on around it, right? That's like, you know, people talk about pacing, and that's what we're saying. And maybe it's, maybe we're using the wrong word. No, we're But I know that word. for us, it's like, the problem is, is that the story will come get to a halt. Some, it, and, and it'll be something that's really interesting, and it'll come to a halt. It'd be different if it introduced that when it came to a halt that was kind of a, not a lull, but something that was kind of like, okay, this there's not a lot of impact Or even, even an intended moment. lull. Like, if it was something like, well, now I really do have to wait on this character to get done doing something, and so I might as well go explore. Sure. That's intended. Like, if I have to have a sword made, and he's like, it'll take three days. I'm like, and it's, I have three day or night cycles to go through. I'm like, okay, cool. I will go do side stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it's something like where I, I, I got to go upgrade my Spidey suit, no. That that <laughs> right there, and yes, that is pacing. Uh, we I'm, I know we're 100% correct on that. That's when it's bad. Yeah. And like what you're talking about with Odyssey is kind of makes me curious. It's because it's like... I don't want to get to a certain part in the game and be like, oh, I can't play this so story here, so mission here, for another six levels. Yes, that, and that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's One what Elder Scrolls did, and it's kind of what Final Fantasy fourteen does. Those are MMOs, not a single-player story adventure. Yeah, and it really bummed me out because like, the mission beforehand was like you had to be like level 25 for it, and I did it. And then uh, almost like immediately, once I got done with it, and it was super cool, and I'm like, I can't wait to see where this goes. And then it's like, oh, you got to level up six times before we can let you do it because you got to be level 32. And I was like, well, and I went and tried, and I played for about three hours and gotta get one leveled up like twice. Level and I was like, though. I'm done. Ten nine ninety nine. It was ten dollars. Honestly, if it for was a level it, booster, yeah, for the well experience booster, you got double experience. What a ripoff! Yeah, and everybody How is that not illegal at this point. <laughs> Everybody that I looked at viewed it as the double experience made it feel like if you played the game from the get-go with it, it, it solved all the problems. Because it was like you were already going to be the level you should be. Do you remember when I was talking about this and me and Blake got into this discussion about things that are put in DLC that could be cut content from the real game? Yeah. That's a microtransaction put in even though they know for a fact the game could have played that way anyways. Mm-hmm. Exact same thing. 100% by the way. There's no way that it's not intended. Oh, that, I think that, so as well. Yeah. And a lot of people felt the same way in the in the thing. It's like when you play it, it feels too much like this was the way the game was intended to play, but they realize they can make money off of it. And for some people they yeah. wouldn't care cuz some people want to do all the side content. I really I hope, don't. I really hope Valhalla doesn't have that kind of stuff cuz Valhalla looks really cool. I yeah. really enjoyed that trailer. I am curious at how much it's going to look and play like God of War from just cuz like going towards and I don't it, I don't mean that as a bad thing towards it. It's just one of those things that's going to happen when it's you It's going to be one of those just yeah, because it's like you're, not you're talking make. about making the combat feel weightier and heavier, uh, which is interesting because you go through that and you're looking at the brutality. Of course, it's going to be talking about Vikings. What are they going to do? Because the Assassin's Creed games always play into some mythology as well, um, or at least definitely the recent ones do. So when you're doing all that, it's like how how far can they keep this from God of War? 
I'm curious, like genuinely curious. Are the added elements of trying to be an RPG and have this power set up and have a home set up where you can build a Viking village and see what happens, is that going to be enough to detract from it? And I don't mean, if anything, I think the the comparison to God of War is probably a good thing for the game. I think people will probably play it because of the hype of God of War anyway. It's like um, when you go to play... Uh, when I played God of War, shortly after I got through with God of War, I was like, you know what? I already love Thunder Lotus. I'm going to go play, uh, and I'm blanking on the name of the game right now for some reason. Um, but Jotun? Jotun, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go play Jotun. You can use you can use the hype from one game to get people to go towards something else, be it on purpose or accidentally. So yeah. not a bad thing towards the game. That's probably going to be a benefit for them. Uh, next thing up, though, uh, and this is really interesting, is... Uh, if you thought we were no, sorry, I scrolled way down. Um, following the leak of the Last of Us Part Two, the Last of Us Part Two, I apparently typed this in between. Uh, the release date <laughs> has changed after its delay. The new delay or the new date for the game is June nineteenth, with Ghost of Tsushima being moved from June twenty sixth to the new date of July twenty seventh. As a result of that, which I get. It's unfortunate, but you wouldn't want to release two big games that close to each other. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunate. Didn't mean to put the news in between each other. Apparently, I wasn't paying attention when I was typing. Um, the PS Plus titles for May have been revealed and are not the rumored games of Dying Light and Dark Souls Remastered, which, if I'm being honest, even when I saw the leak, I was like, this, it seems too good to be true. Every I told you this. Every time I'm like, this is a good PS Plus, it's never the PS it's Plus. never it. Now, I'm going to tell you the weirdest thing that comes from this is, instead, the official titles are Cities, Skyline, and Farming Simulator 19, both of which will be available May 5th, which is the day after this episode goes live. Now, to me, the craziest thing about that is, I would have never been able to guess that in a million years, because I wouldn't have thought that they'd do two very similar now, of course, they have different subject matter, but they're both simulator-style games. Not only that, but they just did Sims 4 like two months ago. Yeah. To me, and I do not like City Skylines. I have that on my PC, and I've played like six hours of it, seven hours yeah. of it. Maybe it is not a fun and, game. And look, sometimes I don't like the game. And I love pop, Sim games. But I feel like at least one of the things that the PS Plus title should do is try to give people a breadth of games that they may, have, may or may not have played. If you're trying to do something here that's going to go towards someone who likes simulator games, these are two games. Isn't there a high chance that these people who are going to like these have played both of these now? Yeah. Instead, if you go towards something and do one game that's like a simulator-style game that may get someone interested in Sim-style games or a game that they may have missed... And then you go over and do something like an action-adventure title or whatever. I don't care. Um, it's just interesting that that's where we've landed. This is probably the weirdest month I've seen ever. It's probably the most disappointing I've per- personally ever been. I don't care. Uh, but there are people who are apparently petitioning against Sony. Oh, yeah. To and, change and, and it. What's crazy Which is it's happened, is, that's is happened the before. the craziest entitlement. But it's happened before. What was the, what was the month that happened? Uh, draw my life or whatever it's called or drawing life drawn to life and something else and it got it got like it was a leak and people people i forgot what even the leak were and blew up on it and, yeah and, and they actually changed to those games or something happened yeah uh, either way weird or maybe maybe what it was is that, like like asia got one game and people were like why would they get that cool game and we and got we didn't. these games and then we ended up getting i it. think you're right uh even then but i want to say th- drawn to life was the game people were criticizing on that drawn death maybe Whatever that game is, made by uh, David Jaffe. Yeah, Drawn to Death. Um, my big thing here is the only misstep is, like I said, that they have two of the same genre of games. I just don't think that's a smart. Yeah, choice. you wouldn't put like you wouldn't put like Dying Light and then Friday the Thirteenth. Because if you don't, Light, if uh, you don't like sim games, 
you have no recourse for there to at least be potentially another genre that you may like. What's the other? It's Friday the 13th. What's the other asymmetrical game that's really big? Dead by Daylight. You wouldn't put those two in the same PS Plus month. I'd hope not. Yeah. But you might. <laughs> if, you know. There's a lot of things that go in the back behind the scenes as to how they get these games. It's just weird that the this is what The fact that there are two happened. simulators is like almost like somebody's like, huh, people are off work. Maybe they'll enjoy some simulators. I actually thought of that. I was like, is this only happening because they think people are stuck at home and they want to simulate life because they can't Nobody wants it? to do farming simulator. <laughs> Who knows? City of Skylines, I could see being fun for some people. I, I, I love farming games simulator like... Farming simulator sells well I, for a sim game. Yeah. I, I enjoy games like, um, like Roller Coaster Tycoon and stuff like that. I did. I love I despise City Skylines and how and how technical it has to be at some points. Well, and it's a city simulator as well. Yeah, it's a lot like Sim City, which I actually did like. I, when like, I, was a I kid. like Sim City. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh well. Uh, now coming up, if you thought we were done with patents, then you need to reevaluate how much people, for some reason, care about the what ifs that patents bring to the table. This is I hate, uh, I hate patent talk now. Yeah, this week is a patent uh, from Sony detailing potential features of their planned PSVR follow-up with the patent detailing facial tracking that'd be determining, uh, be, that would be determined with a number of sensors, a gaze detection sensor to track your eyes, a proximity sensor for eyebrows, a camera to track mouth movements and position, and even a flex sensor to capture information on the nose with the patent discussing the potential of adding in partial nose portions into your view in the HMD, the, the display, to further trick the mind of the viewer into the images feeling more natural as our brain is naturally accustomed to blocking out the partial nose that we naturally have uh, and letting you see around it. See, that's a cool idea. But tell me this. Is there a single successful PSVR game that's a multiplayer game that uses facial features? Uh, not a PSVR game because there's no way for the PSVR, and unless you meant overall VR. You said PSVR. I said PSVR, but I'm saying like, is there a game like where you are playing with other friends and they are playing human characters without mask on? Well, uh, no, I don't think so. But well, the bigger thing is, is why, whole, but why would you make that when you know that you have no recourse for the sensors? You know what I mean? You, you don't have the information to make that work. I think this is weird. I think I think the nose thing is cool. because The nose thing is cool. I think for, for driving games and for shooter games and stuff like that, yeah. where you are used to seeing something, that'd be a good way to kind of further the realism. But, it, but these patents make me think of like, oh, so, they're going to do something kind of cool multiplayer so that I can that see is your face and stuff like that. But then one of the plans. It's like, well, they don't even have something even remotely close to that <gasps> now. I know a game they could be for. What? Uh, VR part, chat or whatever it's called. Bring P. Bring the PSVR version uh, of Party well, Chat in. No, because that'd have to rely on animating all of those characters' faces too. Cause, well, cause, you you would just put those characters over a general skeleton that only has the the you know just for expression, and it wouldn't have to be crazy, but it would be fun to be able to run around as different characters and emote as. I don't them. know though. Something like something something about seeing like a ten year old kid screaming as Hank Hill and Hank Hill not making a, a facial expression is that much more funny. <laughs> I think Hank Hill was a really good choice for that because he normally is flat anyway. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting, but that is what it is. Another patent that may be a little bit more odd, and definitely because of the irony around the situation, uh, is one that aims at a spoiler-blocking feature that the company calls a cross-platform uh, spoiler, spoiler block service. The short version is a system that allows users to block in-game objects, which they define as like activities, characters, weapons, lore objects, and all that. Uh, that could be considered a spoiler and allows players to engage with the community without fear of spoiling them. The system would determine if the players uh, have seen this information in the games themselves and block or unblock the information. So, excuse me, so that players can discover 
these things in games themselves. As with hidden trophies, this feature could be overridden at any player's discretion. Sounds like this is kind of something similar to um, control blocks that are already happening that would specifically go within one system or maybe even an app that you could interact and post screenshots and stuff, but if you have not seen it, it would try and block it. The crazy thing about this is that it seems like it would have to be on the console. It does. It, or on an app that at least ties into this so, so that they could look in and see where your progression's this at. This brings me to a question. Is there like a massive amount of people out there that I'm just not aware of that uses like the community's PlayStation stuff? There actually is. Is there? And the reason I, I like, go to say that. What use does this patent even have? I feel the same, right? Or I felt the same when they first introduced the idea of communities within PlayStation. Uh, I've been invited to a number of communities, and a couple of them I've just got into to see, and there are hundreds of thousands of people. And you think, okay, maybe they just join, but they don't actually—they're not actually active. And they're all active. They're very active. See, to me, it's just like I could do that on a subreddit. I could just go join a subreddit and then have the same kind of experience, but I, I can have it more seamlessly. I'm, like, I'm not tied to a console. I can use my phone, my computer, all that mm-hmm. stuff to do so with it. And there's, I could still do the same kind of meetup or, or you know, whatever it may be. Now, one discussion. of the things that may go into what you're talking about, I, I don't see how this would work, but let's just say. Well, I do. I, is, I think that like if you join a God of War discussion, well, no, it, it, I it mean, has a set of parameters that blocks yes, God of War spoilers. Yes. And it blocks I'm going them specifically. to tell you right now, people are going to get around that. <laughs> I'm sure they will as well. But, but my point is, I don't know how it would work on the computer necessarily, but one of the things I thought was interesting just, about this thing. is they call it cross-platform spoiler block service. What's the cross-platform? PS4. Maybe. What do you mean, I, maybe? I mean, what else would it be on? I, I don't know. Why would that? I mean, it could be, but I, it'd be more. There's a lot of cross platform with PC. Or is this something that hints at potential of Sony creating a PC app that's kind of like Steam, which has its own communities that lets people play games that are going to be on PlayStation? And again, this could maybe hit. with Horizon coming. I don't know exactly. It's kind I'm of what somewhat I'm highly doubtful. It, it seems like it to me too. I couldn't imagine the Sony store on my console working well, working on my computer. As you can just kind of have seen that I couldn't even find a collection of a game. I get it. That doesn't mean that they're not still going to put it on there. I mean... Yeah, but still... I, don't get that wrong. That's a, a, that's a clear app. complaint that's real. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? Witness that. Yeah. So, who knows? Um, it's interesting to me. Uh, and it's a reasonable extension that they would at least be thinking about this, considering that right now they have hidden trophies, which the whole goal of is which for is, you to not see. Which is but a pretty you cool can override feature. them. Yeah. Uh, and the somewhat annoying feature, I think, at least for streamers, uh, with, who the are pausing streaming. the the cutscenes and stuff. Yeah. yeah, to me, dude, if you're gonna leak something, you're just gonna record your screen with your phone. You're not gonna capture it. I game. thought that as well, but like again, that, that I guess to it me cut is, down. To me, what what game was I playing just recently? Five Fantasy Seven. We actually did that a fair amount in that game. Didn't it do that to you? Like at the last cut, like the last couple cutscenes, it would pop up saying that you blocked recording. I, I don't remember. Oh, I think I, I think I have a. Pop-up notifications blocked, except oh, for very specific things. That might be why. So I'm pretty sure it, that that's, that's why I didn't distracting. See it. Yeah, I and I was that. like, if I wanted to share this, I'm just going to take a picture of of that with my phone. What I used to not understand is like whenever I used to have it on, a lot of games would be like it'd be blocking like an opening cutscene. Like I remember when I was playing Tales of Zestiria, uh, they always have that. anime cutscenes at the yeah. beginning. I'm like, why would it? Why would you care if I block this? Yeah, I don't know. People companies are weird. It is weird. I don't get it, but. It's it is ironic that this patent hits so close to The Last of Us Two leaking, even though what this patent's talking about would have done nothing to prevent this. It's just ironic in the general sense. Um, I guess I do find patents interesting from seeing what people are thinking about, but it just makes you wonder which which patents see the light of days or what parts of a individual patent may see the light of day. Like I could actually genuinely see 
the nose thing coming into VR, though I don't necessarily know that it would need to be tied into your nose. I guess the only benefit would be that if they put a stock nose into a game's image, it may be bigger or smaller than your normal nose, so you notice it by nature of I that. I would think that the goggles have cameras right here. So they don't they have cameras, just... but what happens is the flex sensors that are for your nose that are in there, the, the more your nose makes them push, lets them know the shaping of your nose. Yeah, but the end is going to be different. Maybe. I mean, bigger, I'm not saying you can it's... have a bigger end that's more protruding in the game than you do in real life. Yeah, it's totally possible. I don't know. And either way, it's an interesting How idea. do we get back to this nose VR talk? <laughs> We just did because we're talking about patents. <laughs> All right. Uh, next couple things here uh, is one of them is about Final Fantasy VII, which Saul was just talking about. I want to talk about this, but I'm going to have to talk about it off camera. That's fine. A quote from Final Fantasy VII director Tetsuya Nomura, recently translated from the Ultimania release, which is like a lore book that overall exists uh, for every Final Fantasy game and releases overseas, uh, reveals that the team may still be debating internally in how many parts the remake will span, and that seems directly tied to the time they want to have between releases. Now, one thing I want to say before I even say this is that sometimes translations are off, and we learn later that this is not exactly what they meant. Um, but the quote, as it is translated, says, If we divide the work in large parts, it'll take longer. If we separate if we separate the work in smaller parts, it'll be a shorter amount of time. I hope to have the next part out ASAP, which could be used to kind of pull and say that maybe they internally don't even know how long the second piece is going to be. Or maybe, at the very least, if they already know what they want to work on with the second part, if they want to get the third part out even quicker by doing it shorter in shorter increments. Uh, that's, that's why was, this is an interesting thing to talk about, it's, but it's, it's not good mess. to talk about it as if it's 100% true because it may not be yeah. the exact intention. So but a, let's speak as if it were true. There's another thing that um, this, I mean, if, if, if I would have saw this that I, uh, and we weren't going through the thing we're going through now and I didn't have bought the game and I was waiting for a while, mm-hmm. I, that would have pushed me off even more. It's like, okay, so now we don't even know that next part is we wants out ASAP quote unquote, but we don't even know if there's three parts after that. Uh, something else that gets me with this is it's not in direction, direct uh, relation to this interview, but there's an interview with Kitsuna or Kitsune Kitsume. And then that interview kind of made me mad because what they said in that interview directly contradicts the last thing you see in this oh, game. Yes. And I, it doesn't make sense. I don't know if they know what they're doing with this game. <laughs> hey, how do you, how do you Well, it, look, I'm going to go ahead and, and put out what the quote is. Cause I don't think it matters if you haven't played it, but essentially what they're saying is that of course, with the remake, you're going to have some liberties that are taken. Yeah. And there are some liberties that are taken in final fantasy seven remake part one. They're going to say what they are, but in one of the quote that he's referring to says that for the most part, the next parts of the game will mostly adhere to the major arcing plot points of Final Fantasy VII, but there could be some small bits in between that are not 100% originally accurate. And it directly contradicts the ending scene of the game. Or at least it feels like it. No, if it does. We're, I mean, we're not given exactly what the context of that is, and it seems impossible, but... We don't know. We're at the wait to see what the next thing brings. But going back to even the idea of not knowing or coming is isn't that interesting that they are they've already been working on since like what November they've already been working on the. Are you telling me that that is not a direct? This word right here is not a direct contradiction. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> that is fair. I didn't think about that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That is a direct con- like contradiction to what they're saying. This is what okay. It's like you got one guy saying one thing that is a contradiction to the ending of the game. Then and you again, have another guy who who doesn't, who doesn't know when the game. So is that ending. was part of the Ultimania as well. So again. Hopefully, translation errors are somehow involved with this. I, I hope so. But it is weird. Uh, oh, yeah. So. By the way, for all the people that doubted me, I told everybody that Nomura was behind all these story changes. And they're like, oh, no, no, he's not. He's just the game director. It's been confirmed in the Famitsu interview that he has and that he is. So, booyah in y'all's face. Oh, it Don't totally try felt to... like something he could do. Exactly. But now we at least know it without question. Yes. And that's good. So, so, for those that are saying that, like, oh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just at this point memeing. But, like, that's the thing is that, like, you can't tell me the crap that's in this game is not from his mind. And tell me with a straight face and, and, and then me believe it. I don't know, though, because the one thing I will say is that Crisis Core introduces a lot of interesting stuff that, that retcons the original seven that was from Tabata. What? Did they do in that game? We'll we, have to talk about it after this. We, we can talk about it, but there are definitely some retcon moments that help with letting like retcon and Mako and Mako. That's that, for sure. That let Advent Children and Crisis Core kind of have their own. Which Advent Children actually kind of retcon some stuff. Well, I was going to say seven. Seven. I, we talked about this the other day. Something Barrett, Barrett says like the first two hours of seven is a kind of a cool retcon in a way because like they're talking about what happens if somebody falls in the. Um, the pull of the live stream in the, in the reactor, and he's like, oh, you'll definitely die. And I'm like, ah, that's a callback to what happened in Crisis Core and in, in the original seven, just kind of later on in the game. Yeah. In a flashback. It, it's just, it goes to show that when you originally make something as one entry and you don't know that it's going to get really popular and you're going to blow up and have Star to do, do more, that it does mess with the potential for things. So, uh, anyway, next thing up on here. Yeah, let's hit this out because we still got a topic to go is about. Media Molecules Dreams received a free trial version that allows players to try out the opening chapter of Arts Dreams. Uh, Arts Dream, rather which is Media Molecule created adventure game that is included as sort of the campaign of the game, similar to the actual campaign of like Little Big Planet, uh, but also allows access to a rotating selection of community creations to try out. And lastly, let players, quote, learn how to make content in the full game, end quote, which to me sounds like some of the creation tools may be available in a very limited fashion for you to tinker with and kind of see if it'd be something you'd be interested to do on a full scale. Uh, I like this idea and the beginning of this, even though it sounds like this is going to be ongoing, the beginning of this also coincides with a price drop for the game to $30, um, which I think is a good move uh, just to get people pulled in and interested. I really want to see dreams do well because I think it's a super great idea. Um, And I don't, I personally don't want to see media molecule go away. So we'll see what that means for them. Uh, Next up, expect a good bit of PS5 game reveals and info as official PlayStation Magazine teases, quote, the next gen starts next issue as we reveal the latest games coming to PS5 and how they'll play, end quote. Uh, This tease comes as part of a preview for the next edition, which is due out in June, meaning the, the July issue is when we'll be seeing these games. Uh, with that, there are a lot of rumors that have been going on uh, of an expected late May or early June PlayStation event. Again, rumors. We don't know. Uh, but it does seem at least in line with this. that the But going on, the magazine does clarify that the, this tease is not necessarily indicative of an upcoming PS5 reveal. They are a separate entity, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think they are, too. So when you're dealing with that, they're going to get information on PS5 games. That doesn't mean that Sony's going to do anything on their own scale event. Uh, I hope so, though. And there's a rumor, I think, right now that's looking at early June. June 4th. I'm hoping, I'm hoping May. Now, the thing about that that gets weird is like Xbox is doing another a, a reveal, which was a, a rumor. A, which was it? a rumor. No, it's been confirmed that they're doing... May 7th? 
it's like sometime that. in May. They're doing a games reveal. They're going to show off uh, Xbox Series X games. And one of the rumors was that Xbox has an event uh, planned and that PlayStation has one in the same month. Um, yeah. Again, May 7th. who knows? So it'll be interesting to see, though, if the official PlayStation Magazine one will end up being games that we do see at a real ev- a reveal event or if it's just a bunch of uh, third-party games or you know smaller games for the system. Well, you saw how they kind of they slightly messed up a little bit. Uh, they put like the sequel to Horizon on the cover of yes. one of them, and it was turned out to be a comic book. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. So you're always dealing with the potential for uh, misperceived or slightly misconstrued information coming through on these. It's important to say that video game magazines are super fun, but they're not always accurate, and that's just something that happens in journalism. And if you'd even call this real journalism, I guess I'll at least say video game reporting. Um, but last up, a year after Days Gone's release, developer Sony Bend are recruiting heavily for a AAA project that would presumably be for the PS5. This is likely evidence of the team bulking up for a Days Gone sequel, considering the first title's rather strong sales performance. Um, they're looking for a facial animator, I think they were talking about, for a um, uh, cinematic facial animation and whatnot. And they're also doing a 3D audio designer, which something to think about here is that, like, yeah, it is 3D audio, which makes you think PS5. And, of course, the fact that Sony has said all their internal teams uh, have shifted to PS5 um, for games that, you know, once their games release or move on. But, of course, even with the 3D audio being one of the things they're hiring for, the first game actually supported 3D audio on PS4, which is weird, but they did it. And at that point, there's only, like, what, two headsets that can support 3D audio on the yeah. PS4? The game actually supported a lot of odd technology that a lot of people don't have, which, to me, I loved. Because it's like, oh, this little team is killing it in supporting things that most people wouldn't expect a small team like this to support. Yeah. So, cool to see. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and move on into the main topic here. And that is, like we mentioned, uh, a... Oop, I accidentally closed out Twitter. A message that we received from Mr. Sean One Neo. No. And he is talking about uh, games that have multiple endings. And in his message, one of the um, examples, I guess he'd say, uh, was Mass Effect. So he says, you know, Mass Effect uh, he likes because it adds more to a game. He says the good and bad endings are rewarding, but he also thinks it might be a good idea in that situation to specify the true ending. Um, I am hit or miss on this. I like the idea of multiple endings, and I think a lot of people do, but as we've seen with like the recent Resident Evil remakes, a lot of what they're doing with those remakes is actually creating a canon ending, whereas the original games had multiple endings. Yeah, it gets weird with that. I think it's hard for long-going franchises to have multiple endings and have to choose which one is accurate. Infamous? Yeah, infamous. I thought about that, too. Every I think, didn't every Infamous game have multiple endings, but there's only ever one canon ending? Uh, so... Technically, the only one that mattered when it came to canon was once they decided to move on. Two's ending was the one that they had to choose which one was canon. The first game's ending ultimately doesn't matter uh, to the second game, even though it's really cool. But it ultimately has no effect on what the second game story is. But the second game, because of an event that happens, has a direct impact on having to choose one when you're going forward with making a new game based off of... you can't Both endings can't have worked. Yeah. So what they chose to do there... Which at least I think is at least one way to handle it is that they chose to look at the ending that most people did the first playthrough and let that be considered the true ending because they, they do have back stats. So on Infamous 2, they had it to where the good ending was the one that the majority of players did their first run through, which they view it as this is the, end, the, the option that most players would choose first is the one that they do not thinking about multiple endings. Yeah. They'll go back and do the opposing one later. 
And that is true. It's exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, so when going through that, it made sense, uh, but it creates an issue because it's like technically then if you wouldn't have chose one that was for sure there, Infamous Second Son kind of wouldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, even then, it's weird if they chose an ending, but it's almost like the only thing that mattered with the ending that they chose is depending on what character they wanted to make the new game around. Well, I will say that Second no matter Son what, could you technically could, happen regardless. Yeah, you could also you could always retcon something or, or make an amendment here or there. There's or, a lot of people that have talked about making a new Infamous where you have Delson versus Cole. That'd be kind of cool. That would be awesome. Uh, I would really just wish they'd remaster them. Um, Me too. You know, for for games like I honestly, one of my favorite game series, Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they every one of them has multiple endings. Um, that and that kind of is kind of odd because those don't really matter, as, except into like you, what you want your character to be kind of developing about. Sure. Um, there is there is some that are considered canon technically. Um, well, okay, is it considered canon by From? I believe so. That's what I was like, wondering too. Like in, in 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 one, I think you have to technically link the first or the the first flame for two to happen. It's either you have to link it or, or you ignore it. For it's like it's either or. It's like yeah. something has to happen and, and for two to be possible. But they could always go back and say like, well, then another champion of Ash rose uh, rised up and then did the same thing. Like it could be, especially when you're doing. They they have such they've done it in such a way that you go through thousands and thousands of years of just the same thing happening over and over again in cycles. That like it, you, technically what you did it did is not canon, but then the next guy that comes along and plays this game will do it. So it's kind of like it doesn't matter. That's true. Um, you know, and that that one's kind of interesting because it ultimately it's it's kind of like I always think about Bloodborne. Like people are like, well, this is what we consider to be the true ending. Yeah, it's I like, s- but if I'm not mistaken, I don't think the developers have ever claimed that there is a true ending for Dark for Bloodborne. I is think there? they have. Yeah, I think the I think the third and hidden ending is the true is ending. the true ending. Yeah. Okay, I know that that was one of the, the that's, one that that's just because when you die and you get and you become a great one or whatever, you know, you um become the great one in Demon Souls. So <laughs> that's how that series works out, which has been a really long running thing, but it's. I guess what's interesting about that is a lot of times in those games, our e- games that are similar to that, they have very dark tones and whatnot. People se- t- seem to gravitate toward the hidden ending always being the one that the developers really intended to be the ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah whether I, it's true or not, it's just I think it's that mystery inside of you. It's like, does yeah. Does Greedfall have multiple endings? Uh, yeah. Does it? Yeah. Pretty. Sure. I mean, yeah, it does. Because there's a lot of things that can happen. Now, I think it's one that ultimately... No, I guess it's technically it's important. It's just a it's a single decision that depends on what you want to do. See, for it's me, kinda like the outer worlds. It's like, is oh, there multiple endings? Yeah, yeah. But they ultimately are kind of just like it's almost like you're just seeing the the ending in those games doesn't matter as much as like at the end it's more like, well, here's a kind of recap slash who's alive, who's dead in yeah. your playthrough. It's kinda like that. Mass Effect at the same time at that point. Kinda. Yeah, see for me, those kind of endings like they're cool, but like I don't if they weren't there, I wouldn't be upset about them. Yeah. I forgot Mass Effect even had multiple endings until me and you were just talking about it. Which I think is crazy. I can't, like, because one of the big things about that was, like, the carry your safe, carry, carry your safe uh, file forward. Well, that too, yeah. But, like, in two, there's a point in which you could do side missions um, to keep certain characters alive whenever your ship gets attacked. or it's, it's something about your ship either getting attacked or you traveling too far for your ship to handle. And you could do these side missions to help mitigate, like, problems. And if you don't do them, you just have, like, three people die or two people die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for me, honestly, I, I'm really kind of indifferent on it. Like, yeah, I love them, but I don't d- dislike them. Like, Oh, I mean, I, I don't, 
you know, care if they're in or not. Like if somebody yeah. said, oh, well, the next Elden Ring won't have multiple endings. I'm like, okay. Like that's kind of cool. It's kind of odd that it's a Souls game that, or a From game that doesn't have a multiple ending because uh, Sekiro has four. Oh, okay. Sorry, I missed what you said. Yes, yeah, so you said if Elden Ring doesn't have, yeah, I wouldn't endings. be upset about it. I'd be, I'd be confused. But it'd I'd be, be like, odd. I'd be, I'd be like, okay, that's weird. Yeah, considering I think Sekiro has the most uh, multiple endings of any From game. Yeah, I think the thing for me here is that it depends on what the game is going to do with its multiple endings and and why it matters. Because uh, my ultimate go to example of a game that has multiple endings that I think they used in probably one of the most interesting ways is uh, the Drakengard series, because technically the Drakengard series... Well, that's different. If it's like near, Is it like the second near? No. Okay, because I was like, that game technically has six endings, but... Well, no, so there's five endings in Drakengard 1. The last ending, uh, none of the endings matter in terms of canonical moving forward, really. Uh, as far as I'm aware, at least not enough to where it would impact future I games. See it. I always look these games up. I forget what they look like. But the thing about Drakengard is like when you're going through originally Drakengard's fifth ending, ending E, was supposed to be a joke ending. Uh, and because of that, when they moved forward and decided that every ending technically creates a separate timeline, depending on what you choose to do. It's like, I, I like that take on it because technically all of them are canon. It's just which timeline are you continuing to move forward with as to why it matters that it's canon in that one timeline. Nier kind of subverts that, or Dragon Guard kind of subverts that by eventually going into Nier. And it's like, okay, well, Nier is a direct timeline result of the actions of ending E of Dragon Guard 1. And so, so, just so you know, um, you can play Dragon Guard on your PC in 4K if you have the right magic. Yeah. I didn't know if you'd ever considered doing that. I mean, are you talking about Dragon Guard 1 and 2 or Dragon yeah. Guard 3? Dragon Guard 1 and 2 are PS2 games. Of course you can play them in 4K. Well. <laughs> but Dragon Guard 1 and 2, okay, Dragon Guard 2 I don't really care as much to play as because it wasn't made by Oh, Yoko this is Dragon Guard 3. Yeah, Dragon Guard 3. Yeah, that's that's RPCS three. Yeah, <laughs> which is, it sounds like some yes. magic. Uh, but also, they just also they just need to remaster Dragon Guard three anyway because that's the best one to me of the, of the Dragon Guard series specifically. Dragon Guard two does a lot of interesting stuff, but it's not Yoko Taro, and because of that, it really doesn't feel like a Dragon Guard game. It also, just, just feels realized, like a good RPG. I just realized just because Dragon Guard one and two are on PS two, you're like that's automatically means you can play them on PC. <laughs> well, easier. RCPS3 is actually pretty taxing on your computer. It got an update. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can now run Demon's Souls at a fair... And it doesn't work with every game. That's another thing. Yeah, at a fair 60 frames now on PCs, and it's not as uh, requiring as it once was. Yeah, Uh, but going towards what I was talking about there is that, like, I love the idea of letting each ending technically... Like, they ultimately don't matter, but if you wanted to, that game series, by making near, essentially says every ending has its own timeline that it breaks off into. So every ending technically matters if they chose to dive into that. Replicant or in two? Well, in, in Drakengard. Oh, I think Drake, you're saying Nier does well, that. Well, Nier, is, by Nier's existence happening, it means that Drakengard's original joke ending. Well, it's um, the serious ending. It, it, well, it's not that it's a serious ending. It's just that Drakengard had its own story, right? And you go through it, and technically the first ending you get, and the, the way those games make you do multiple endings is interesting. You have to play through them once with the ending of the first game, and then every other ending happens as a result of something that you're changing. At so least it's like by, Nier too. It, no, because really near one and two, I mean, near, uh, near automata is a little different. That's near two. Each ending, uh, rather is after the second ending, the second ending is like alternate 
perspective of the first right. run through, and then every other ending is new content that is that is happening post the first game. Yeah, but you have to go through the first ending to get to these endings. Yeah, but you, unlike that's that, it to Drakengard. so near one and Drakengard are closer in the sense of that you have to replay the the normal events of the games, but when you get to the end, you do something different. Okay, so the game itself is not inherently different. It's the no. exact ending of the game is different. Yeah, so, so when you go cool. to Nier, when you play the Nier remaster, ending B, uh, you have to you have to play ending A first. And then you on ending, uh, when you do that, when you go to replay the game, you do get new content, but only in the sense of you get new context around the content that, you were, that you're replaying from the original ending. Uh, and you play the whole game again up to the end. Not the whole game, but a lot of the game. Uh, up to the end, and then you get a different ending. Then, when you go through the next one, you the ending C and D are based off of whether or not you... Uh, to get ending C, you have to collect all the weapons in the game. So you have to replay the same game, but collect all the weapons. Okay. Then you get ending C. Ending C and D are a, a switch choice. When you get to the ending of ending C, depending on what choice you make, depends on whether you get ending C or ending D. Gotcha. Okay. And then so you can that's a go, lot like how Drakengard was. Do you have to do that all in one go? What do you mean? So, like, can I go through to ending C? Or can I go through on, on uh, B and pick C or D? No. Nope. So, if I mess, so like, let's say if I decide not to, can I go? Is there a way to go back to B or do I have to go through A then B again to get to the other? You can't get to C unless you've done B. Right. So, what, what, which one was it? That was the two that you could technically select C or D. C or D. So, like, let's say if in B I select C, and I'm like, well, I, I want to go through D now. Kind of, I got to go through playing through one again or A, then go through B again, then make that make a different decision. In no, B. no, no, no. It's just you're going to replay through the normal game. It's just literally the ending is the only thing that changes. In those That's games. what I'm saying. But you have to play through the nor- the rest of the game to get to that. Yeah. Okay. You have to play through the. I didn't what know if there was a way like I could chat. I, I didn't know if you could like chapter select to C or you something. can you can save handle if you want to do ending C and D. If you want to do that choice you can just save on ending c uh on that on playthrough three essentially when you go to make the choice you save beforehand and then yeah. you do choice c and then just and load then it back up load it that. back up and then do choice okay. d could you do that near no you couldn't cause the way near worked really yeah automata's endings are way different you yeah. can do it for ending uh d and e that's how you got those two different endings oh yeah uh it was just based off I of who you went with. yeah so but that series i think handles multiple endings in a fun way because Again, every ending is just essentially going to be spurting off into its own timeline because of their choice to make Nier. That never mattered until Nier came into existence. It was like, well, the multiple endings are all there, but they ultimately don't have an impact on any of the other games. But now that we've decided to make Nier, it just means that every alternate ending creates its own timeline, and they exist insofar as, as if we... They exist anyway, technically, but you only they only matter insofar as we choose to explore them by creating a game that acts as an exact result of that ending. Man, so, this is some confusing talk to people who never played Nier or Drakengard. It kind of is. I mean, I, I guess I should just say, like, Drakengard's joke ending, just to give... and I, I, There's no way this is a spoiler, because it was a joke ending. It's the most wild thing that happens in Drakengard, is that there's, like, a portal, and you go into, you go into modern-day Tokyo. That's kind of cool. Okay, uh, but when you're fighting the final boss, so that means it introduces a character from this other world and timeline and all this stuff into our modern-day timeline, and you're flying over modern Tokyo, and you're having to do this boss fight. Whenever you do the boss fight and you kill the dragon, the dragon disintegrates and falls onto Tokyo. Well, what happens there is that this foreign substance that is coming to this world creates a sickness within people called like the white chlorination syndrome because like the ashes were white and fell down. And Anyway... And I might be butchering some of this. I'm not Turn as up to date as I should. But uh, that's what causes the uh, the black scrawl or whatever 
that leads to people that, that leads directly into the need to create the Gestalt program. Oh. And, and that's so again, and that's why technically near is a pull off of our actual world. Yeah. It's like a crazy fictionalized version of our actual world way in the future. But I love that because and, it gives just, ending E, which was originally a pointless ending. It gives ending E a purpose now. So that means that ending E technically is real, but it's just a separate timeline. I love that. I think that's a cool way to do it. And that means that if they ever wanted to, they could make any number of games off of any number of Dragon Guard endings that they chose to. Imagine if like you're just out mowing your lawn one day and all of a sudden a portal opens up and you just see a guy come through and fight a dragon. It's like, oh, okay. That's kind of weird. <laughs> so I guess we turn this question to the you. We do. The community. Do you guys like multiple endings? Has there been any that are your favorites? Yeah. And uh, remember, we always stress this at the end. If you like this, be sure to check out more. You can find it on YouTube at 12 p.m. Central Time, which is 10 a.m. Pacific. Also, something cool I found out recently. I don't know if it's on Android. You might be able to look real quick and tell me. There's an app called Overcast, and it's a podcast app that we are on. Yeah, Overcast is on Android. Yeah, okay. Did you know about the things that it does? Where, like, if there's a lull in in, uh, in a podcast, they actually they actually use an algorithm to make it so that that doesn't happen. And that, so if somebody starts talking over somebody, they equ- it will equalize their volume. No, I've not, not personally used it, but I've, I've, I was looking into it this morning, and I started following a couple people and myself, as you should. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. So if you've ever used, uh, if you have an iPhone or Android, and you want to need a new podcast app, or if you're one of those kind of people who who like to watch the video, but sometimes you're at work and you can't, I'll recommend you Overcast. Uh, and if you have a friend that likes video games and likes to. Uh, middle-aged men talking about video games. Middle-aged men? Yes. Uh, we are middle-aged because people in this timeline, uh, the, in this ending of the story, we all die at 60. So uh, We appreciate everybody. Thank you all for our patrons. I guess I'm wrong. And it's not on there? I really thought it was, but I guess it's not. Well, there was, there was, there was that and there was another app. There's an app called Dark Sky, which is a really cool weather app that's on Android, but it got bought by Apple recently. And I think that they're taking that off Android. Um, so, yeah, if it, I think it has a web client. So check out Overcast. We're not being sponsored. Um, no, we're not being held hostage. But I thought it was kind of cool. Um, but thanks to everybody. If you liked the video, leave us a like. If you dislike the video, dislike it. Tell us in the comments why. <laughs> and uh, leave us a review on any kind of website that allows you to. Yeah, and of course, as we're about to get into, you can go and if you like the show a lot, you can go and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nartech, and you can get early episodes to our new movie podcast that we're doing, which is Midweek Matinee that we do with some, or that I do rather, with some uh, uh, friends. You can get access to other exclusive Patreon posts that we put out there and just reaching out. Uh, but. The boy got a witch. <laughs> but we also. Thank all of our patrons at the end of every episode. So if you want to get a shout out on there uh, and support the show further, then head over there. But. For now, we'd like to thank our patrons. Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarud, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popes, Kevin Baconbits, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonerd, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and LGB. Thank you. 